0: Welcome everybody. So excited today to get started with the Brands and Aggregators podcast for today. I will be standing in for Hi Mag and I will be flying solo. Unfortunately, our co-host Omar is not able to make it, but we will miss him dearly and we'll look forward to seeing him on the next episode. Today, I wanna introduce you guys to a lovely guest. He is an Amazon seller. He is an expert in e-comm. His name is Benjamin Weber. Benjamin, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me i'm super excited to dive in deep and learn more about you and talk about e-commerce and just the wild wild world that it is right now so ben can you tell us a little bit about yourself
1: sure so uh basically the standard amazon uh path where i never knew didn't know anything about marketing or business and uh was a history major in college and then i uh, was decided to leave a company that i was with and a couple of my friends were talking about starting a business on amazon so we started a business on Amazon, uh, did retail arbitrage for two years and scaled that up to a couple million dollars and realized that is not sustainable, like we just couldn't keep the inventory in as fast as, get inventory in as fast, right. as, fast as we needed to do to scale. So we that switched over to private game, label,
0: right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and like, I was driving a 26 foot box truck around the country, oh. buying stuff and filling it up and then taking it back. And it was, I mean, a lot of fun, but also madness. Not, not sustainable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, we switched over to private label in uh, mid 2017, uh, went almost exclusively private label in 2018, and now have eight brands.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Eight brands. So do you mind if I ask what categories you um, yeah. have products in?
1: Uh, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, we have everything from home goods to prank products.
0: Wow, that's amazing very cool so you've been in in the game for quite a while now and when you got into retail arbitrage what when was that time period
1: that was in february 2015.
0: 2015 so that i mean in the world of e-commerce you're you're a geezer a little bit right i'm I'm
1: absolutely ancient oh
0: i love it okay so i would love if we could talk a little bit about you know kind of from from where you went to into private label Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that you have um Give me one thing that you would say when you were sort of switching into private label, what did you wish you had known before you actually made that jump?
1: Uh, don't be afraid. Mm. Like whenever we were first met, we kind of ooched into it. Like we were being very cautious about what we were doing and the lessons that we learned once we actually started doing it and just put down the, put in the time, put in the effort, put in the money to get started. like. We got. I mean, we, I'll, I'll be honest. We got very lucky with our first product in that a shock jock DJ found it ah. and it like, hey, will you come out on our show? And so we were on a show twice. He had an audience of like 200,000 people. Wow. So like, we got a bunch of free uh, advertising. <laughs> <for it>. But <laughs>
0: um,
1: Like just putting yourself out there and taking the chance uh, was something that we were very apprehensive about because we're like, we have this successful business. Like this is working. Why would we switch? Yeah, but we like if we would have just said no, we needed to just go hard at this earlier. Uh, right. We would have been even more successful. I mean, we're we're doing fine now, but like we would have been successful faster.
0: Right, uh, miles had ahead. We,
1: had we it's a in, small time period. Yeah.
0: yeah, it seems like the it's like dog years, right? <laughs> So if you make a move faster, sooner, um, then then it, it's like, you know, seven years is. Uh, right. is exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you just kind of almost have to take the risk to see what you can learn. And like, I know from people I've talked about who have failed with their first product, like they learned so much from that, yeah. that their next product goes crazy. And it's like, it's not, it's not a net loss. It's a, like the experience and the knowledge you gain from it is. Right worth more than any podcast or conference or anything else you can spend money to go to.
0: So do you think now that, you know, the the thing that you wish you had known before, is that still true now with, you know, sort of the landscape has really changed quite a bit. And the challenges I think that are facing sellers, especially private label sellers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: are different now than they were in 2015. Absolutely. What do you think about, about
1: that? Yeah, I think they are definitely different, but a lot of it is still the same. I mean, it's, Like, it's just the, the goalposts kind of have moved. So like in 2015, 2016, 2018, whatever, uh, like there was a lot where you could kind of find a product, throw it up there and it would sell.
0: Yeah.
1: Like there wasn't as much competition. Like the biggest issue now is the, the competition, the people coming in with cheaper products, uh, and lookalikes. Right. And the, like now I think. It's innovation and finding things that are different. Uh, it's the research aspect of it, is to me the most important part. Like finding the undeveloped niches that still have search volume that you can go after and you can target. Right. Like every product doesn't have to be a hundred thousand dollar a month product to be successful. Right. Like if you can spend, uh, for like some of the, the people starting out, especially, like if you can spend one, two, three, four thousand dollars on a product. And then get that up to where it's doing five figures a month. Like mm-hmm. that's phenomenal, and that's scalable. And there are still those products out there that are on the lower price side that you can get into, yeah and without it's just the the level of detail in research that you have to do has gone up. But like back then, you had to find your keywords. you had to do your advertising, you had to find the like who your market was you had to make sure there were buyers for it mm-hmm. uh if anything i would say that like that aspect of it has gotten easier because of all the tools that are out there now
0: mm-hmm.
1: right there are so many tools that, that help you do all of the things that we were having to do manually back then
0: Right. This, and and frankly, like that's how so many of the services actually got started, right? Exactly. It was sellers who were trying to figure out a, a way to do a thing and their friends were like, hey, can you show me your way? And then they're like, let's just make this a thing.
1: Right. And <laughs> it worked out very well for them.
0: Yeah, that's right. So that's that's really interesting. So what do you think about um i mean logistics right now is uh just a nightmare across the board for everybody we're all sort of in the same nightmare and then also i mean advertising is getting kind of out of control so what do you say to people who are worried about you know the difference between revenue and profit margin you know one is impressive the other is right (laughs) just a number
1: yeah don't don't forget profit margin (laughs) yeah Uh, would be what i would say to them like you, you still like there's no I know businesses that have gone under that were selling eight figures or yeah, eight figures. I have to do yeah. math in my head real quick. How many is that? Uh <laughs> but no, uh that we're doing eight figures in revenue, but we're doing four or five, well, not four, five or six figures in actual profit because yeah. of the cost of advertising, the cost of acquisition, the cost of the product. And they just weren't able to sustain what they were doing. And they had to order. So much inventory to keep up with right. the rate that their sales were going, uh, because they were priced too low. Yeah. And they were focused on like, let's get as many sales as we can and as much revenue as we can, and not looking at what their bottom line numbers are. Like if you're not profitable, then Amazon has enough money. <laughs> you don't need to keep giving them more. Uh yeah. with that, it's like if you you want to get your share out of that as well. That's right. So I would say like, I mean, just because a keyword is converting doesn't mean that you want to advertise it. Uh, if it's something that you're not ranking up on, you're not going to get organic sales traffic from by moving forward, don't sell on it. Like pause that keyword. Like if you're a uh, 400% ACOS, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not worth it. And I think a lot of people make that mistake It's like, yeah. this is the most like, if I'm selling uh, electrical tape, bidding on electrical tape, and saying like this is the most important keyword, so I have to bid high on this, and that's just not always the case, hmm. uh, because so, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, so then in that case, are you? Do you think you know like a long tail keyword, or or what would you do?
1: Yeah, because um, be I, I think the, you're right
0: that that's sort of a common misconception. Like we gotta at least be on this one, you know.
1: Yeah, I'd be looking at long tail keywords, and I'd also bid like. I don't know, 30 cents on electrical tape. So I occasionally show up on like if somebody decides they're going to search through all these different pages, uh, I might show up there. Yeah. Um, So potentially doing stuff like that. But the long tails, I think, are where the real value is. And the exacts, like having long tail exacts is going to be where they you get the most value out of any advertising, in, in my opinion, and with what I've seen on our accounts. Right. The other thing is product targeting like. I've seen products rank on major keywords solely because of how many sales they're taking away from the competition through product targeting ads. Huh. So, like, because the your keywords are in the uh, are in your listing and are in that are right. like electrical tape. I'm just using that as an example because I saw it in my house just now. But <laughs> uh, you have the electrical tape. If you're targeting the top 20 competitors and you're taking one two sales a day away from those right amazon is going to see like people are looking at this competitor and then they're going and buying this guy's
0: yeah they're you want to show this guy guy
1: to as many people as possible right so like if you can beat the competition you can rank without having to spend the huge amounts of money to rank on that term
0: that's great i love that Are you all listening here (laughs) this is great i love this This is great advice and in sort of in the same vein here are there any really hard and fast rules that you would say from your experience you you would give to people um like something that is true all the time or something that is so very often true that people should be aware of anything like that
1: uh if your product if a keyword isn't selling it's not going to sell Mm. like if you have 20 clicks on a term that you think is great like listen to the audience if they're looking at it and they're saying yeah no I clicked on this I thought it seemed like what I wanted but when I look at it it's not what I wanted like they're 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 going to tell you when a keyword is bad for you right so pay and, attention to the metrics yeah exactly like pause that and yeah. if you want to come back and try it once your product has more reviews or is ranked up on other terms or you've made modifications to it or something like that absolutely go back and try it but like listen to the audience initially and if they're telling you we don't want this your product for this keyword don't keep spending money on it as far as advertising goes
0: yeah that makes sense i think you know maybe some cost fallacy might play a little role for people but that's it's very true because even in that sort of lack of win then there is an information um purpose there. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting something. It's telling you something wants them to click and something is telling them not to back. So therein lies yeah. your problem and to kind of focus in that area.
1: Exactly.
0: That's beautiful. I love it. Okay. So then now to keep picking your brain, I'm having fun here. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about um what about some tools that you found extremely useful, maybe that may have changed throughout your journey where you know used to maybe use one tool toward the beginning of your journey and then started to gear to another direction now that your journey has changed to private label and how the landscape has changed in general.
1: Yeah, and honestly, we modified a lot of the tools and built our own Mm. uh, where we just use, we like, we'll use information from the existing tools and put it in our own spreadsheets, our own uh, kind of, documentation and look at it and we'll be able to see the information we need. I mean, it's similar to, uh, like, uh, data dive, uh, -hmm. that I think Brandon Young came out with. Right. Uh, it was looking at that a couple of weeks ago and like tools that bring a lot of data together in one place like that, I think are incredibly useful. Right. And I mean, obviously, uh, helium ten is a big one that everyone has used for, for years. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, is there
0: a particular tool inside that suite of tools that you find very handy for product research or for uh, um, anything in particular?
1: Yeah, I mean, the magnet cerebro for yeah. research have always been good. I hear cerebro um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like x ray as well. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, which goes back to data dive where it moves uh, the information into there. But so, like, honestly, a lot of what we use is internal. So it's hard for me to say, like, yeah, I love all these tools. Uh, I mean, I intend to to test out Eva at some point as well.
0: Um, I'm ready to help you out with that whenever. (laughs) I love it. it. Well, and and that goes back to your point that, you know, bringing information together is really where you win with with e-commerce. And what's funny to me, I think, is how, you know, with the journey, most people's journey, really, um, to have sort of this one path where I, I say one path I mean it many, many different paths, but mm-hmm. sort of a a line where you go from one type of selling you sort of refine your method you find what you're good at you do more of that, and yeah. you, you find where you're um, really shining and I think a lot of people. are finding now. And the direction of sas programs and things including eva are to take multiple places multiple types of information and combine them before it gets to the seller because you know the i feel like the caveman world of e-commerce was let's do one thing at a time and then the seller can put all that together and figure it out themselves (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) right and it's it's nice to have the it ready for you to just like take a look at something that Previously, might take you a couple of hours to right. consolidate that you can now see at a glance.
0: Yeah, and as
1: I mean, even with the Amazon, like with Brand Analytics, as they continue to release more and more
0: mm. inf-
1: like accurate, detailed information direct from Amazon to the sellers, like that's just going to make the tools better and better, and make the information that we can use better and better.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree. Let's see, to pick your brain some more. Um, so some of the things that are going on right now in the world of e-commerce, you know, there's a lot. Let's start with um the the case that's going on right now for the the antitrust laws. What do you what are your thoughts in that area?
1: I could go, <laughs> I, I could go a lot of directions on that, honestly.
0: I know, I uh, left it open for that reason. <laughs> right.
1: I mean, it's, it seems like, I mean, everybody's seen Amazon come in and sell a product similar to theirs yeah. and right. show up in advertising spots that be like, wait, how'd they get there? We're uh, <laughs> still so like, I, I mean, we've all kind of seen the, the impact that Amazon can have and, and can control. And like, they have so much of our information. Like if you use yeah. Amazon Global Logistics, they know who your vendor is, they know basically what price you're paying. They know all of this information about your product. They know how many units you're ordering, Mm -hmm. uh, on top of them already knowing how many units you're selling. So like, they have access to so much information that they could be violating worse Mm -hmm. uh, than things kind of seem right now. Uh, Like they, they have the money, they have the capacity to do so much more. Right. Uh, And so it's hard, like, I see where the the complaints and where the cases are coming from but it also like they're get they like i, I my company would not exist mm-hmm. if it weren't for amazon and yeah for
0: amazon, it's hard to just like write right them so like yeah it's
1: right. like yeah it, regardless of like are the things that amazon does that frustrate me and make me angry and have uh ruined products for me yeah 100 percent. yeah but am i still do i still want amazon to be there to do to, to do yeah, yeah so i guess my my thing is like i don't necessarily want to hurt or make amazon change the way that they are handling things mm. because it is like if they decide well we're just going to sell everything and forget third-party sellers which i don't think they will because right. it's such a huge part of their For uh, sure. business and part of their infrastructure but I mean even just like looking at their warehouses where they're having to rent out space now and some of them because they don't have the capacity for or, like they don't have enough inventory coming in right? Uh, like which is crazy because they're still putting limits on people but uh, <laughs> it, it's just one of those things that i think that the opportunity that amazon provides is greater than the negative that them also selling yeah. Away. so for me yeah it's I, it's, it's, it's hard because like i i want to say yeah no they're doing all these horrible things right. they're also the reason that i have a business
0: right right it is definitely one of those things there's, there's very clear positives and very clear negatives you know and I, I think this especially is it's one of those issues that you know if i ask someone who recently had an experience where you know Amazon came out with their same product, looks exactly the same, yeah. has you know run them now out of business. This it's going to be a hotter topic for for someone who is um, you know really struggling with their um, <laughs> providing for their family and and stuff right. like that um, because of that. And yeah. so I would say you know this this is. This is the world that we live in, you know. I, yeah. I think that we kind of have to watch and wait and see what happens. I think that um, everyone has um, both positives and negatives that they are um, that they can take from Amazon, and and I think that what I maybe I'm hoping for from this is that they they behave better <laughs> towards right. the sellers, right? I'm hoping that um, you know that clear line that should be between yes. their departments that keeps the sellers' information safe. From the branding department, um, I hope that that uh, is honored and that something comes from this. Absolutely, but I do think that you're you're totally right. Amazon, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's and it's amazing yeah. what it started as and what it is now right. and how fast that that yeah. has changed the world. So there's definitely something to be said for that too. Let's see. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the news. We've talked a little bit about your history as a seller. What would you say um, as we sort of, you know, wrap up some of the advice and and your expertise and things, what would you say to sellers who are currently struggling or they are, um, you know, they're they're trying to get by with what feels like it may be a recession or who yeah. knows what coming on? How would you um, put their minds at ease or or maybe not? What would you say to them?
1: Um it's a good question uh i guess i mean a lot of it depends on what they're selling to be perfectly honest
0: yeah
1: like if they came in during covid with a product that was more useful for people who are stuck at home all the time or like if the reason for the recession is because people are traveling and people are leaving their houses and people are going places Mm. Then maybe you have to change your product mm-hmm. like be be aware of the the trends and what is happening in the world yeah. uh because it may not be like you may be like oh my sales are just dropping because people are like there aren't as many people on amazon and that's just definitely the case no <laughs> uh, it's people aren't interested in what you have mm-hmm. for some reason or another so like critically look at the product like it's in like it's a completely new product that you're evaluating to determine should I buy this? Should I sell this?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, in the current market, because the market now, like you said, is dog years, right? Two years ago, especially during COVID. It's like seven dog years. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's so <laughs> true. <laughs> a, but it have been about 100 years since you first purchased this product. <laughs> but I mean, it's something that you need to, to look at and look at it critically and determine like, is this still worth it? Right. And don't keep the, don't throw good money after bad, like right. be willing to let go and find something new. If you look at it and you say, this product is not good in the current marketplace. Yeah. And I mean, that's for new sellers, old sellers, like we have to look at our products constantly and determine like, okay, we need to reorder a thousand, two thousand, however many of these units, mm-hmm. should we do it? Like, what was our profit margin? What was, what, uh, yeah. Is our like what's our daily sales rate? Is it saying we're staying steady? Is it rising? Is it going down? Like, what's the trajectory of this product? Like, in its life cycle, is this product peaking or is it and it's hitting towards its valley?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's such a great advice because you know, taking a hard look, I think that's, that's really what it comes down to taking a hard look at what's performing what's not performing and analyzing that, you know, taking yeah. an analytical view and saying, does that have to do with my listing do I need to optimize right. does that have to do with my competitors are they, you know, getting the keywords, does this have to do with the season it's in or the yes. change in in the landscape since it was popular 2 years ago. I think that's really great advice and being ready to pivot is mm-hmm. scary and necessary. <laughs> so I yeah. really appreciate your
1: advice. It's beautiful. You just, you just can't fall in love with any one product. Like yeah. it's like this was this was my money maker for years. I can't let it go, but Yeah, yeah. And so you then you
0: start it. throwing money away because you're right. like no it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll yeah. be fine. it used to be fine,
1: it'll be fine again. Exactly. Like <laughs> this was good once, it'll be good again. Right. And it's, it's like you said, with changing the listing, like you can see different ways to market your product. Like if you're, uh, I'm apparently talking electrical tape, but if you're selling <laughs> electrical tape and it's like, you're selling it as a, like, here's a in-house, like you can use this to protect your wiring or to do whatever you're trying to do. And now like once people aren't doing DIY projects as much anymore because they're like, right. oh. I'm not stuck in my house anymore, I don't care about that. I can go somewhere else. Right? Uh, They have good electricity at Starbucks. Um, (laughs) But like, you find another way to market it that isn't like a DIY project. Like try and come up with alternate methods for why someone might want to buy this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. That would be the, like, why are people buying this now? Not why were people buying this? And a lot of that is gonna come from the reviews that you get, like you can see people will tell you why they're buying it. and sometimes it's shocking right it is
0: sometimes you're like they're buying electrical tape to use for like weird crafty artsy things that's bizarre. like yeah yeah, it's very strange i
1: have a i have a friend who sells paper bowls and they had a customer like multiple reviews like i mean double double double-digit reviews on this product talking about how people were buying it to feed stray cats
0: Oh really?
1: Because they would want to like have something that they could put down, like they could just have in their car or whatever uh, and, they and they wouldn't wanted, mind letting like, it go. And then they want to like put this down so that the cat can eat and that's they don't have to clean it, they just throw it out and what everyone has done. And it's like uh, it's crazy. But they put that in cool. the listing after it.
0: Oh that's very cool. Gives you like, marketing ideas. That's that's amazing.
1: Good.
0: Well, one final question, Benjamin. I wanted to ask you about, you know in addition to, you know, wild west of logistics and, you know, the ever-changing landscape of e-commerce in general, um, you know, the exit world has changed quite a bit as well. And that has been sort of a swift change up and down um, where aggregators came into the space. People were like, whoa, what's this? Got very excited. They were um, buying up a lot of brands. They were getting a lot of cash infused into their businesses and now that has also changed again in right. such a short period of time so what are your thoughts on that and do you have any advice um
1: for you know sort of
0: what's to come and what sellers should be aware of
1: yeah i, so I, I honestly have never considered exiting uh so my advice is going to be somewhat skewed uh yeah. in the direction of of scaling and growth for yourself right um, but I think eventually the aggregators are going to aggregate the aggregators. Yes. It's going to continue to get narrowed down to fewer and fewer people, fewer and fewer mm-hmm. companies. And like some of them are phenomenal and yeah. have very intelligent, very smart people, very good uh, people that are very good at Amazon. Yeah. And others have very good business people
0: yeah. who
1: don't know how to do Amazon and they have to either if they don't hire the right people for to do Amazon for them, it's not going to work out. Right. And so I would be as a seller, uh, especially if I'm exiting and I'm getting some kind of return off of like residual for the next year or two, mm-hmm. I would want to make sure that the company that like the aggregator I sell to is going to be successful I'm gonna grow my brand and be successful. Right. Like, uh, and it's something that, like, you've put your blood, sweat and tears into building your brand, if you're going to sell it, make sure you sell it to somebody that you trust is mm-hmm. going to treat it the way it should be treated. Yeah. And is gonna help it grow. Uh, because that's in the end, like if I if I were to ever sell, I would want to see my brand stay successful. Like I wouldn't want them to be just like lost. Yeah. Just cause I got money from it doesn't mean that I want, that I stopped caring about something that I put that much effort into. Right. Uh, so, I'd make sure that they they trust who they're using, and like along with the aggregators. I mean, there are a lot of other companies that will help you sell your brand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and they have people that they market to that aren't just aggregators. So you may want to like look at all your options. Don't just be like, all right, I just want to get rid of this. I'm gonna take it straight to an aggregator, and they're gonna buy it. Right. Uh, because Aggregators are getting pickier and pickier. Yeah, and, and
0: they're,
1: they're not, not throwing
0: more... as much money down. Exactly. As they were.
1: Before. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not putting out the the same type of investment for single, uh, single brands. And okay. if they don't see a way that to grow your brand quickly, they may not give you yeah. an offer that's as good as like a a broker or random a broker mm-hmm. uh, can get you from uh, yeah. other people who may want to buy it. Yeah
0: yeah great advice it's very true you know and, and i think that just really best thing i think we can we can all offer here um, is having these conversations and making sure that people are keeping an ear to the ground and you know really i think your advice and the advice of e-commerce experts who are in it every day that is where the real information lies. And some of it you can take, some of it you can leave. And as Steve, you know, Steve, as Steve would say, <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. So right. always trust your own opinion and not yeah. somebody else's um, blindly. But but certainly keeping aware of what's going on in the world is, is one of the most important things that we can do. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time today, Benjamin. And thank you for sharing your expertise. It It is a pleasure to talk yes. to you and learn from you.
1: It was great meeting you. And thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you so much, Benjamin. We'll see you guys all at the next episode of Brands and Aggregators. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you again. Today. Cheers.